0: Yeah, 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 over the spot. All right, folks, we're back once again, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome back to another
1: episode of How You Living, episode 102.
0: 102, what will you do? Welcome to your second year of college. Hope you're still paying attention. Uh, Jazz, it's been uh, quarantine era continued. Uh, we are still separated by... One quarter and a half mile, I don't know, <laughs> half mile time between the two of us uh, in the Greenwood neighborhood. Uh, as always, I'm live in the Just Paid Rent studios, and Chaz is in the Million Dollar Studios atop Chaz Tower. And uh, this simple little show always starts with a, a question that I like to ask Chaz. Uh, every episode, how you living, man?
1: Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Not much has changed uh, since we last spoke. Um, Did do some hangouts with friends after we quarantined for a bit. So those were fun.
0: Um, But other than that, not much. Not much. Yeah. Yeah. Low key. I've got a couple uh, trips to the mountain. Um, Wasn't too busy this uh, actual last Saturday, which was nice. Got to stay, you know, socially distanced while enjoying a good outdoor holiday hobby. Uh, and, uh, yeah, other than that, kind of, yeah, pretty much work to home, staying isolated outside of all that. And, uh, that's, that's how we're doing it in 2021.
1: Yeah. Um, have you gotten your I... second dose of the, uh,
0: Pfizer vaccine yet? Uh, no, I haven't gotten any of the Pfizer vaccine, but I did get my second dose huh. of the Moderna vaccine. That's
1: right. You did get Moderna. Awesome. I haven't.
0: No. Uh, I ha- I haven't doubled up on the uh, the vaccines yet. I'll stick, with, I'll stick with the one for now, but uh, you know I'm double masking, so I might as well be double vaccinating, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Don't don't do that. Check, check with your doctor before any of the things we say here at yeah. yeah don't the don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, advise. Yeah, uh, with that though uh this show uh you know we like to start with a little banter back and forth and then uh we have segments and technically we have a segment that we sometimes forget to do because we banter so much it's a little thing at the top of the show looking back to all the 101 previous episodes in a little segment we like to call callbacks callbacks are there any things on your mind from the previous episodes that are going on right now chaz I mean, I'm
1: going to keep saying it until they do it, especially Joe Manchin is like, we got to get rid of the filibuster. And honestly, I want to get a little bit more into why I think it's even more imperative now that we get rid of the filibuster. And that's because of what the states are doing with voting rights right now. So, so yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that whole argument is, uh, is interesting. And, um, I guess we were able to, I guess the news of this week is past the, uh, the trillion dollar legislation stimulus package mm-hmm. uh, without a single Republican vote, and um, obviously if they had had any way to uh, filibuster to to postpone it they they would have mm-hmm. so uh, it's 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 unfortunate that the uh, the same uh, party of no that we had during Obama's first term is what we're uh, we're dealing with here um, but yeah, they got to look into the rules. And, and see the kind of things they want to change as far as uh, the procedures in order to, to pass legislation that they want to see fit. And ultimately, you know, if it's if there's a way that we can get the other side involved, obviously, we'd want that. But, you know, some of them will have to come uh, to the realization of, uh, of the issues that we're facing. So. Yeah,
1: because I don't think so. I was watching uh, the latest episode of The Circus and they went to CPAC. And one of the guys they were talking to were like, one of the things that they thought Joe Biden was going to do is a uh, bipartisanship. And basically like now I see bipartisanship basically as capitulation to lesser effective things inside bills in order to make them want it. Cause like, the, like with the trillion dollar package, there's a lot of good things that came from that. Like people are getting checks. Um, Money is going to schools to have them reopen. Money is going to the effort to get out more vaccines. Uh, money is also going to families with children where they're basically getting a children-centered UBI. So, right. th- so there's a lot of things there. But one of the big things there that they didn't get through and might have been a little weird for them to get through anyway was the $15 um, in dollar-hour benefit. Right. Yeah. And and this is one yeah. like this is one where conservatives do have like an interesting question about like moralistically speaking, like everybody should live make a living wage, but based on like the economics of different states, a living wage in each state and in there in cities in each state is varies. So fifteen dollars an hour would be to some too much and to others too little. So um for that little thing there, like people like Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema and a few other Democrats didn't vote for it for those very reasons, right? And 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 that does have me thinking out there because ultimately, like, even though not all jobs would be taken away when you raise fifteen dollars minimum wage, and I still, I guess, I still don't like the American ideal that like you need to have business like because businesses in America have such small razor like razor thin margins for profits. And they usually right. do that by cutting corners. And one of the ways you cut corners is paying people less. Yeah. I don't exactly. love it, right? Because, like, ultimately, you want there to be enough businesses out there to sustain living wages. But then again, because I was thinking about this when I was also watching the circus. Oh, when it comes to, like, the pool of jobs that people have, like the potential of if one business would close, how many other businesses in the area could actually... People like take on the slack uh, of those people who lost jobs. And I don't know the answer to that. And and I do think that like minimum wage should probably become more of a wider like redistribution of wealth package. Because I think if you want to make it dynamic, I think there should be a floor. and I think the floor should start at one place, get to another place by a certain time. And then after that, change dynamically based on like market structures and GDP and things of that nature, probably on a state-to-state level. Um, right. But then at the same time, I also think the other way that you make people have more money to spend on things since the American uh, economy is just consumerism all day, every day, um, is that you have to make them spend less money on, like, the status quo things, like their rent, their food, their medical care, their transportation, and I think if you really want to do something there, I think that's where America should bring in some legislation that actually subsidizes that to some degree. Like, of course, Medicare for all is that with medical. But I think, like, HUD could do a lot more with housing. The transportation right. parts of things could do more when it comes to funding public transportation. Um, school could definitely making uh I think taking uh school funding maybe outside of property taxes and making it, like, more holistic would be good too, like, so.
0: Yeah, creating, like, actual, like, education districts that, that take into consideration larger portions, so, like, multiple mm-hmm. districts come together, so you can't get the kind of hoarding per district. Mm-hmm. And people with, like, similar issues can get addressed. Obviously, right now it's the economic disparity of those schools not having the money to to do all the pro- programs and, and perform at the rate that the other schools. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, once you start giving them the, that money, new problems will arise. And so you'll need to be able to address those. And like, y- you know, you need to have a situ- situation with a system that's going to work mm-hmm. going forward and create a little more um, equity that's spread out and uh, and also improve the schools which ultimately improves your society yeah. because you end up producing better citizens who perform and a- adjust the jobs market and the and the economy in the way necessary for the ever evolving future and uh yeah it's it's a it's actually an investment in America to to spend money equally on education across the board um, and it saves money versus you know, wasting money just giving it to these giant universities that have become mm-hmm. these corporate systems, you mm-hmm. know, giving it to the the earlier stages uh, where more people are actually attending will be. Yeah, it would be good. I mean, and, and you know I what I see because I don't want to I can see you don't want to create more arms of government necessarily and to always address these problems just because those are like supremely difficult to get the other side. Um, involved in, and it always becomes fodder for later elections and arguments about how the money's being spent. But creating some type of like partnership with either like, you know, nonprofit or NGOs or one of these kind of groups to address, like you were talking about how the dynamics of the homeless problem is, you know, transportation, it's housing, it's food, Mm -hmm. it's uh, work. And, and, and obviously you don't want to create an arm of the government and just call it the homeless you know, problem sector, you, what you'd want in order to, to actually get it off the ground is have government subsidy and funding for programs that actually have proven efforts in, man, you know, going through the kind of consolidation of those issues. You know, someone can, can be a, you know, transportation consult, you know, someone who, who gives you advice for your company as far as getting people to and from your campuses and all that stuff. You just take that to the level of a city and you have like a transportation manager within this company you have a um you know a jobs and advice career center within this place and you know that way some of the funding can come from you know philanthrop donors it kind of becomes like uh pbs the pbs of you know of, of i don't
1: quite agree with that um like honestly one because fuck the republicans and They're always gonna just want to take like they call the things like public programs entitlements. There's nothing you're not gonna push anything public programs with them, right? And that's one of the reasons why I say you got to get rid of the filibuster. So like our government becomes if the Democrats want to push something through, they push it through, and then we keep electing them because we like what they do versus we, we don't like what them to do. But honestly, we've like one of the big reasons why. Um, Texas's power failed is because it's a utility owned by private companies. I don't think private companies, because they have the profit motive, have shown that they have the ability to have the best interests for the citizen at hand. Right? That's, I, yeah.
0: I guess that's where you might have misheard me a little bit because what I was mm-hmm. talking about was like a public not, non-for-profit partnership. So it's an agency who literally in the charter of it, because of the money coming from the state, mm-hmm. has to be set to standard. So it's a public entity in a lot of ways. But the reason you do it that way is you spread the cost out and it doesn't go directly on the state's budget. So it's not fodder for these political arguments, but it still creates state sponsorship of solution measures. And so what I was why I was using the PBS example is PBS provides like frontline and all these things, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, the cost of doing business because they also receive all those large endowments and things. So I wouldn't mind bringing the endowments if they're, you know, there's not, there's not linked to like, yeah, their ability to change anything. If you give money to PBS, you can't tell them what to put on the air. That's true.
1: But you also need people to give money to PBS. And that's, and I think that's the root of the problem because you're like, you, you go from it and being not funded by taxes and them being able to have like something on their bottom line that allows them to know how much money they're getting every year, so they know how to budget for it, is that you're hoping that these things continue to be funded by the goodness of people's hearts, and I mean, I would
0: agree. And then, or I mean, yes, because you're not creating a, a direct commercial. I mean, you're you are subsidizing it statewide, so you you, you know. I, it, it's similar to PBS in the sense that you know in some markets, kind of mostly the West Coast and the Northwest, mm-hmm. Idaho, the Oregon public broadcasting KCTS nine and the California one, and some of them in the Northeast were really successful, you know. But yeah, public public broadcasting in some of the other you know quote unquote flyover states, you know, is is yeah a dwindling you know thing. It just basically shows whatever the national producers make. There's no real like local agenda built in. Um I don't know. I just like I like solutions that are able to be packaged in a way that can stop being just stuff that gets thrown back at you know policymakers for 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 progress and making cities work. I also I like the idea of creating things where hopefully, I know you're saying it's 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 dependent on the out of kindness of the heart, but hopefully people that are you know overly wealthy and and live in these kind of areas that are, are facing these problems start to feel an a, a uh, ownership of it you know i mean i personally think amazon has a debt to pay to seattle for the housing crisis it created i don't think it's the only one mm-hmm. but you know if if they started you know working with a place that had an agency agenda and goal that were high enough standards that you actually expected things to uh, result in, in positive changes for people, I think you could, you could allow them to, to fund part of it. Um, obviously all that is, you know, it's complicated. It's similar to writing a business charter like that is very similar to like passing legislation. I mean, you're literally trying to write in and foresee obstacles in the future and and make it also, you know, concise enough that people can read it and understand it. So it's hard. Uh that's the longest yeah. callback segment we have ever had. Yeah. Uh it's officially episode one oh two. It's pretty much halfway over. you know. Uh but yeah, Chaz, what's the what main topics did you want to to bring to the table today?
1: Well, yeah, first I mean congratulations to Joe Biden and the Democrats for passing the the uh the economic stimulus package or the economic recovery package or Whatever folks want to talk about. Um, And the interesting thing there is listening to the shows that I do. Of course, there's the Democrats got a lot of what they wanted. But then also the Republicans are like, so you're going to saddle us with all this money? Like, you're going to saddle your kids with having to pay it back? Because I believe her name is Megan McArdle, and she's been the conservative voice on left, right, and center um, off and on for past few weeks. And she was going on about, like, she... And she felt as though that, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, that the money was, like, spent wantonly. Like, did people really need $1,400 checks, right? Um, Or, and then there was, like, other people um, on the circus talking about how, let's see, like, we already mentioned the bipartisan thing, but also just, like, the amount of money that they spent, they felt like, well, I guess this is more parroting what, like, Trump said in... What the GOP was saying back in November, when people wanted um, to give bailouts to states, they're like, "Oh yeah, they're going through the blue states, right?" And I guess like because blue states are bigger and probably need more money, like population wise, they'll probably get more money. But it's proportionate for each of the states. So, and and like with seventy percent report, seventy uh, percent support of Americans and sixty percent support of Republicans. I don't. I think. I don't really... That one just seems like it's more of a conservative talking point that doesn't actually get to the root of the problem. Um, And I feel like the problem there, too, was manufactured. Like, oh, we're just going to frame it in a way where we make it red versus blue when it isn't. So,
0: I mean, yeah, that's that's their MO. Mm -hmm. Is how do I create a divisive issue out of each and every piece of this? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean... You know, we got we got some legislation. There's some really, you know, major steps of progress within the the stimulus package that's not direct, like just the cash being sent out to citizens. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, Extension of the uh, unemployment. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. And pandemic response money and school support helping, you know, schools struggling to get ready to actually open to kids. Um, you know, obviously there's been some, you know, positives with the results of the vaccine. We, d- we are starting to see a decline in cases. Mm-hmm. Um, it mi- it's definitely not resulting directly only to the vaccine. Pe- you know, people are getting healthier and um, people are, you know, abiding by the rules for the most part in most states. Uh, Texas, wild land right now, Uh, other than Austin, which is like fighting to keep the masking order in place. Um, But yeah, no, there's additional there's additional advantages to this one point nine trillion. uh, And, you know, it's too bad. The the minimum wage didn't make it in. Obviously, Uh, I think there are ways to to help the state's you know, look at their problem regionally and, and, and create, like you were saying, a more equitable uh, system that recognizes costs of living and, and, and appropriately raises the rates there. Um, yeah, because ultimately with that,
1: like for me, coming from a moralistic point of view, saying that above all businesses that can't pay their, their workers a living wage don't deserve to be in business, I, I feel that way. But I know practically speaking, that might mean that if all those businesses go out of business, there might not be enough businesses left to support all the workers in that area to a point. So yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, like it, it it's some money is better than no money in our current system. So, but, but yeah, like, and, and that's, <laughs> that's why I dislike the rooting in like, oh, maybe we should make it $11 an hour because it's rooted in yeah business owners should be able to exploit their workers is what fundamentally i feel right. like the other side thinks and i'm like Ew, right. no <laughs> so
0: i know well and it's it's you know it's strange cuz it's like if you start your own business mm-hmm. you know you're you create the same wage gap for yourself like you're working 120 hour weeks and stuff sometimes when you're starting a business just like getting everything running and going and like you're not bringing in that type of money Mm -hmm. to start and it's like it 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 is weird that the economy of our capitalistic system is based on like someone getting taken advantage of early on in order for them to succeed to the rate that like creates these corporations and stuff and then we have to go in after the fact and be like okay those working conditions were bad we need to do this this and this Mm -hmm. but it's like how do you keep a measure of Allowing for businesses to, to figure out ways to fund themselves and, and thrive without, you know, abusing those early workers and, uh, you know, keeping the, uh, the the long hours and, and overwork to the to the people that have ownership of it, you know, um, because that's happened. You know, if you're if you're a two person company, you know, you're going to be working for way less than $15 an hour at the beginning a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And and then you get the business up and running and you can get profitable and and things change. But Yeah,
1: you know, people are the, bootstrapping. There are like tech firms that just get a lot of VC money and don't have to do that, but sometimes um but yeah.
0: yeah, yeah it's, it's it's interesting, you know. Um and and I think it all goes to social democracy. I think I think if you had a a better welfare system in place that was made to like not be a stigma and not be underfunding and 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 actually basically be something everyone could get, you know, where it's like we could we could help aid. It's like if you sign a contract saying, I know that I'm only getting seven fifty from this company, but I like where this company's going. They need a thousand workers. I'm going to be one of those first thousand. I'm at least getting that $12 an hour from the state. Now I'm making 19. Okay. I'll, I'll be okay. You know, and then that company, you know, can, can make it and you've made that choice, you know, and then uh, maybe later that's, you know, a partnership trade deal and stuff, but it's, uh it's tough, you know, capitalism in general, man, you know, how do you make, how do you humanize the almighty dollar? You know, because it's like, it's almost too late to take the candy away from baby. So we can't take capitalism away from America. So what are we, we going to do to humanize a system that's based on this, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, number. I would hope in 100 years, people have figured out that capitalism is not the best way for humans to be. Because it's not. Because for capitalism to be maintained, I, I mean, slavery has how- to exist.
0: How long have we been we've been we've been waiting for that for 240 so far? <laughs> well, so the- <laughs> no.
1: No, we had to get through a lot of other things like like we had to get rid of chattel slavery before we could have this conversation. <laughs> we had to you know, oh. like yeah, like but I mean we really quite haven't. Like prisons have taken that over. Basically what I'm saying is like you can only keep things so cheap as they are now for us Americans because There's slave labor that people utilize in different places. Like the way McDonald's and Aramark use prison labor to subsidize some of their costs, or the way some people use foreign labor from places where the dollar, where they can pay people like three, $4 an hour to do a job, right? Like that's, and I think we spoke about it before on the show when I watched the thing about an economist, Paul Krugman, where he talked about how making t shirts is a big thing in Burma and F Burma didn't have the ability to make t-shirts, they would live in object poverty but at the same time they don't live in object poverty but they're also being exploited because they're not being paid as much as their job is worth so it's like... those t-shirts are sick (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like like ultimately like the discussion of an economic... because I don't actually hate capital, like capital is just the way you trade things, right um... And then, like, we do have a market economy, and and I do think, like, maybe the market economy could use a little bit more regulation because we just we allow people to make businesses off of anything, and I don't know how I feel about that. In the grand scheme, like, anybody who's listened to the show for a while knows I think that you know things like the split between the essentials and the non-essentials, all being rooted in what you can buy and like how much money you make from a job. I think is whack. And I do think we need to remove the essentials to either a subsidized model or just a straight up we tax enough people and we refactor our current tax structure. Because another thing that never gets talked about is the military budget and the military budget has to be bloated and bullshit, right? Like, especially when right. we spend like, like even how, how is it that a country of 1.4 billion people spends two thirds as much on their military than we do? like how like
0: yeah well you know that's i mean there's a lot of global factors going into that well yeah i know
1: i know it's but... rooted in american imperialism and american imperialism is the way one of the reasons why we have like world dominance and we're like the world's police even though even republicans are like we
0: shouldn't be the world's police anymore
1: right so anyway <laughs>
0: yeah. we've come a long ways like i was mm-hmm. watching this thing on the conversion of uh of privateers to pirates mm-hmm. and like like you know at one point like these nation states were you know not autonomous on the open seas like they had troubles mm-hmm. getting through certain areas especially <clears throat> these like treasure laden boats coming out of South America from mm-hmm. Spain they had to follow these certain routes to get to the the west trade winds and so these basically enterprising unemployed sailors from like places like spain france and england were in the caribbean and basically just picked off different nation states you know rich um wealth and then brought it to their their own little island and i mean this is like 1780s you know like (laughs) like yeah like this you know like that's because
1: privateers were exploited right privateers had to work on a ship for a certain amount of time and even on those ships too sometimes they took indentured servants and slaves to work on them and they weren't paid much and they were basically conscripted or coerced to work on there and then finally they knew that they could actually like because pirates were really much like a co-op or like in a wholly owned employee owned business and they yeah. were basically they could they could work for the man for lack of a better term, or they could say fuck this we get our own boat we steal their spoils we get to split it evenly or we get to split it based on how our charter says right and then we get to live our lives right and what do you, like and honestly it's money right and money is fungible so whether it's them spending it or the privateer spending it it's still gonna get like reintroduced into. The economy Economies. right, yeah, like, and of course, yeah. people who owned the wealth didn't want it to get stolen, so of course that's why pirates were you know formed as the bad guys, but pirates just seemed like a rejection to the status quo that seemed necessary based on the exploitation <laughs> right? of the time yeah. period
0: it, so was it was a very you know uh, rough uh redistribution strategy of <laughs> <Right? laughs> wealth <Well, laughs> it's. It's really it's really a proletariat move. <laughs> um, yeah. Proletariats. That's what... You call them mm-hmm. pirates, I call them proletariats. <laughs> the <laughs> proletariats of the seas. I feel like someone needs to write that book. Hey, hey, no, why did you come to the party dressed as a pirate? Oh, don't worry. I'm a proletariat. <laughs> <laughs> I just manage the redistribution of wealth for the better causes and you know, mm-hmm. working... Working class person, who makes it who makes it good, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets gets a little land for themselves. Uh, I guess for my little uh, interruption, uh, I got uh, March Madness hitting the hitting the airwaves. Uh, biggest Biggest distraction to American industry, I <laughs> guess, but probably even worse during the pandemic because the whole thing was everyone was at their office desks and they'd be doing all their Uh, bracket updating Mm -hmm. but now it's like they're going to be at home so they're just going to flat out watch the games Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so it's going to be the most uh bye-bye productivity march uh and and you know we're here recording in seattle washington uh gonzaga currently for the first time ever the overall overall favorite oh snap win it all that's tough shoes though that means everyone's gunning for you so, you know, it's it's a tough, tough spot to be in. But yeah, overall, like just uh had the best season. I think they were twenty eight and oh on the season going in the tournament. Oh damn. uh big wins against some big schools, big comebacks, uh big leads. So uh Gonzaga going into uh, March Madness is number one. Our uh, our boys from Spokane here on the eastern side of our state. Jazeera. Uh and, uh, and so, yeah, March Madness in COVID days. Uh, I think there's going to be attendance at, you know, minimum attendance at some of the venues, but I'm, I haven't actually gotten the, the word on like their whole full bubble strategy and, and what's going to happen with the uh, uh, actual Final Four destination, um, because that's always a big Uh, attraction, you know, for, for people to go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here we are in COVID days. Uh, But yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting tournament to kind of bring focus on because it has 68 uh, playing teams total, you know, 64 decided and then four teams uh, battle to, to get into the tournament. So it's, it's really a, a just kind of across the board, doesn't matter what school you go to uh if you played a really good season this year you might be in it uh kind of tournament which is which is interesting to kind of reflect on some of these smaller schools and 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 areas of the country that you know you haven't heard of big for sports Mm -hmm. that that come through in this tournament so it's it's a fun one to watch uh you know if if you're lucky this year hopefully they'll still have a little bit of fans and they'll have the bands Having the bands there is always fun. Any sport that has bands present is interesting, and for some reason, it's louder for the for the basketball team than when they have the band at the football game. So, uh, classic classic March Madness. Uh, you get band kids involved. You get small schools. Uh, you could win big if you if you if you build your bracket right. And uh, for gosh darn it, the, the the Spokane team might win it all, man. They're gonna they're gonna bring that uh, trophy home, all the way back to uh, Spokane, Washington, if they if they get the job done. So, uh, shout out to uh, the NCAA, one of the most corrupt organizations in the world, <laughs> and their wonderful NCAA March Madness tournament that brings lots of joy to a lot of people. Uh, yeah, we really should look into the NCAA. Uh, and that's been, uh, my corner, uh, Chaz, do you, do you have any affinity? Have you ever watched college basketball? Does any team stand out to you or an upset or a player? No, I haven't watched college basketball that much.
1: Like, Do you, do
0: you remember back in the day when you'd hear things like Carmelo Anthony's going to do a one and done season? No, like, no. Yeah. He won it. He won everything with Syracuse and just, they just left college. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, I'm good. And he's been playing uh, pro ball for like 19 years. I mean, there you go. Sometimes it works yeah. out like that. Yeah. And you got some other ones you get like Bryant Reeves was really good for Oklahoma. And that's when the final four actually came here to Seattle.
1: Oh, we wow. Hosted okay. it in
0: the King Dome, actually. Oh, damn. And, uh, yeah, they uh they they had uh, Bryant Reeves who got drafted by the at that time Vancouver Grizzlies. Mm. And uh and he was but he was a big deal in March Madness. And he had a, he had a rough few years in the league, but decent career. Uh and that's yeah, that's my little interruption. Uh what topics do you want to uh to let the listeners hear about now, Chaz? What's going on in uh in the world today. Well, this week in terrorism, there, there is
1: the voting, like, <laughs> sorry, not sorry, conservatives. <laughs> hey, like, we remember January 6 2021, and we will five ever. So anyway, like, because like, so the big aftermath of uh, 45 talking about, oh, our vote, like the votes was rigged. Oh, we can't have mail-in voting. Um yeah. I don't want people to look specifically but there is a place called the Brennan Center for Justice and the folks over at Pantsu Politics uh Sarah and Beth they did a whole uh, probably a better rundown than I can do at the moment like and also look through the specific ones in your state because um there's a bunch of them restricting voting access but there's also some expanding voting access. Um but so, reading from this, um, as of February 19, 2021, state lawmakers have carried over, pre-filed, or introduced 253 bills with provisions that restrict voting access in 43 states, and 704 bills with provisions that expand voting access in, in a different set of 43 states. All right. So, so basically, I want anybody listening to go out to their state to see if your laws are going to be. Um, if, access to the vote is going to be expanded or if access is going to be removed, as as we talked about in the previous episode, like the whole, you know, accessibility, availability, and stuff when it comes to voting. If it's supposed to be an American right, um, why does one party in America spend so much time trying to take the vote away from minorities and other individuals who are marginalized in our society? But I bring that up because we do have, like... uh, A clear-cut way to, like, make sure a lot of these things that would restrict voting access, like, have to strengthen voter ID laws and doing things with automatic voter registration, absentee voting, and disability access, like, things like that, is the 40 People Act. And it did pass um, the Congress, so we needed to pass the Senate. The thing is, you ain't gonna get 10 fucking Republican senators to vote for that shit. Because they know if they vote for it, they lose power, right? Like, they know that because of gerrymandering, the way they've set it up in their states, because they own a lot of state legislatures, they know they have the ability to, like, remove the vote and remove access enough that all the votes that more people who support them have an easier access to vote, and the people who defy them have a harder chance to vote.
0: So... Right. Typical Republican strategies. Mm -hmm.
1: Like we saw it like we saw it with Stacey Abrams in 2018 in um, Georgia, where people were automatically taken off the voting uh, rolls through no act of their own. Um, Let's see. And then and then she had to go out there and get and like activate the vote again. Right. Polling centers like things like this. I believe the 40 people act would introduce like. Um, nationwide vote by mail and automatic voter registration and things like that who would actually give access to the vote for those people so basically what i'm saying is like go to the brennan center go to um go to the pages find out the ones in your state that will affect you and then call your state senators and like please don't support this and please don't but also like if you're in west virginia or you know someone in west virginia I really need you to dig up in a Joe Manchin's ass and be like, yo, fam. Like, I get back in the day that your grandfather was somebody who got rid of the filibuster for judges, and he regretted that idea. And I had, was I had that?
0: West Virginia losing to uh, Gonzaga in my bracket. Shout <laughs> out back to the NCAA. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> West Virginia's got a good squad. <laughs> anyway, continue. Right. West Virginia... Look at look at your voting laws.
1: Right. Yeah. I like if you have friends in West Virginia, I need you to dunk on Joe Manchin <laughs> the way that Gonzaga is gonna dunk on West Virginia in the yeah. NCAA Final Four tournament. Let me stop. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we
0: go. Yeah. Yeah, you heard Mountaineers. Yeah. What are you what are you gonna do? Because I get uh, like Oh no. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Dick for Dig for some coal. Go get some coal, dude. Oh, my God. No, Uh, we don't need to do that. (laughs) You just just need to learn how to code, bro. You just need to learn how to code, man. That's the answer, bro. It ain't coal. It's code.
1: Oh, my (laughs) god. But but anyway, uh, I know that Joe Manchin has a bit of an issue with the whole thing because his grandfather got rid of the or, or helped with getting rid of the filibuster for... Uh, judges and such. And and I get that's going to, like, shape his worldview, right? And... But he is a Democrat, right? And he is the most moderate Democrat, which means the moderates are going to have a lot of control in the party at this moment. But I, I also feel as though, I want to be like, yo, Joe Manchin, right? Like, real talk, I need someone. I don't care if it's, like, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or, or someone else, senator or congressperson that, like... Dead ass, like sit Joe Manchin down and be like, Dog, dog, do you wanna lose the Republic? Right? Like, cause this is what's at stake, right? Like, no sugarcoating around the shit, right? If you give the Republicans the ability to basically make voting like an austerity measure, then there there isn't it's just America's just gonna be um <clears throat> survival of the fittest, but not when it comes because the whole, like, you need to survive all the capitalism is a, was it, manufactured thing, right? And, oh, oh, social Darwinism is what I'm thinking of, right? Social Darwinism is manufactured. And a lot of times people would like to think about that social Darwinism is the way things are supposed to be. The reason why you don't survive isn't because of these systemic things that, you know, can kind of surmise what your level of access to education and resources are going to be, which then will dictate where you go in the rest of your life right? And we're talking about West Virginia, and West Virginia is literally the poorest state in the union, right? Like, when someone went there from, like, the World Report for the UN, they were like, this is, like, third world poverty measures in West Virginia. And they said another thing, y'all have the slowest internet in the nation. Okay, I'll get y'all, right? Like, Joe Manchin, what you doing? Like, like, I know the $14, like, an hour minimum wage would hurt them because of things like that, right? Yeah. But, like, access to voting rights is like, yo, if they wanted to vote for something, right, and they didn't have access to it, like, what are they going to do? What, what, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to be able to drive, like, to a polling station? What about the people who don't have cars? Or their cars ain't working that day, right? Like, why not expand the vote for them to be able to, you know, vote by mail, all right? Why not give them automatic voter registration so they don't have to have the agency to go out and register to vote, right? Like, ultimately, it'll let more people in your state's voice be heard, right? And also, it like, yeah, like, you can come to the table with the things like, I'm not voting for that because that's going to hurt West Virginia. And that should have all the other Democrats on the progressive side and on the moderate side of things say, all right, let's think win-win here, right? And then y'all can dominate, but... You can't do that by pussyfooting around the filibuster. Like, the, it's like the filibuster will mean that the democracy is over because capitalism remains supreme. Unless you believe this, and I'm, th- I'm saying this both meta to a listener who believes that social Darwinism and the quote unquote survival of the fittest when it comes to like a capitalist structure is the way things are supposed to be. I don't agree with that because right? that's not how humans work and basically you're just saying like as we always say the rich get richer and the poor get poorer All right, and then like do we really want that like like if you make that happen you're going to have more crime but i guess you would just say we just need to fund the police more right like so it just becomes this huge orborus of things um that would in my mind make america 10 times worse than it already is cuz we want to see the like everything that's happening now <laughs>
0: You know, America just lost. Sucks,
1: right? So, so that's where I'm at. Like, that, I just that that's that's where I, I'm just gonna be hammering on this filibuster. And if we can get the vo- Voting Rights Act through, then then we'll have a very powerful tool in the courts. Like, because right now we have a lot of Republican judges in the courts, and unless we have a letter of the law that they can point to than any of the legal challenges that are going to happen in these red states for the barring of voting access especially when these state laws if they pass, especially in places that are like where their congresses and their governorships are owned by Republicans are going to go through the only way to supersede that shit is to pass through legislation that supersedes states' rights right, like, that's it so, so yeah, that's why, and I think that's one of the reasons why you need to get rid of the filibuster, and, and I know like yeah yeah I did a good a good thing maybe to listen to too is New York Times is the argument podcast because um there was a good argument about why you should get away or why you should take away the filibuster
0: rather keep it and there there was like. I- but that? The Axios. Axios show has been pretty good too. The mm. I think it's on HBO. Oh, Axios. It's got some good uh, information, and it's usually within like a week of broadcast mm-hmm. um, production. So they're uh, you know you can you can hear about actual interviews from the people who are making these decisions, and and, and give you some uh, critical thinking kind of information that you can you can use to understand what's actually going on and what. Um, kind of pieces of activism are, are necessary to to kind of keep keep abreast with what's up
1: right so. and i think if you're worried about like if the other side gains power again although i think like if you take down the filibuster now you need to put forth legislation that's gonna curb the power that the republicans have already right like this is and this is really basically the final time like you have two years to do it you need to do it and if it gets to the point where you get rid of the filibuster. And then Republicans still have the power and they still take away your your House majority and everything like that. Like your House and Senate majority and becomes like Joe Biden as president and them in the House. Joe Biden can still veto it, right? And then that means they would have to get 67 or 70 votes for it to pass them, right? So... So yeah, like it could still stave off the things that they're trying to do. Like they couldn't actually pass any bills. They can be like, and 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 honestly, they they could use that to their advantage too. I guess if it was like, well, we're trying to pass stuff, but he keeps uh, vetoing it, so you got to vote him out, something like that. But, but yeah, but I do feel like, like in the next, like basically, what I'm trying to say is get any of the people that you know that can sit Joe Manchin's ass down and be like, yo, fam. I get it. The filibuster—it sucks, but you know it's been a tool for racists, not to get forward like civil rights legislation. It's really not a tool to like. It's a tool of obstruction now. It's not a tool of like the minority party not having to get things that they don't want through, right? So, so what are we doing? Are we going to be effective legislators, and are we going to put forth policies that are going to help the most people, or are we going to posture like moderates and make? not have anything get done, even though we have the power to get it done. Like, the right. fuck, fam, white. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, oh, <man.
1: laughs> that's where I'm at. Anyway, in lieu of that, make sure you're going through,
0: <laughs>
1: in lieu of that, just make sure you head on over to the BritainCenter.org. And check out everything they're talking about, the bills restricting voting access and expanding it. Make sure you talk to your state legislature, uh, let you know who your representatives are. Tell them you want them to support the things that would expand your voting rights access for you and any of the constituents in your state, whether no matter what a party they um they vote for, because ultimately like politics is about convincing enough people to vote for your voting block and then get your shit through, right? And that's what and that's what uh Democrats did. So like push them the shit through. Like, oh no, the fuck? <laughs> and, and... right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I and I think they will and and I think this is the first kind of major bill of the administration and we'll we'll see uh what comes down the pipeline. Um definitely uh you know, keep strategizing for, you know, upcoming elections, you know, if there's special elections in your area or if, uh, if you're going to have uh, a major midterm election coming up in the two-year mark. Yeah, we have uh, 603 yeah. days until the midterm elections. Which, you know, getting the groundwork going, getting the issues understood in the areas that are necessary and keeping track of your state legislature uh, appointments as well. Um, you know, these are all the things you can do 365 days a year. Um, there's, there's always some, some kind of political you know, meandering in your area that has direct access to things that control our world. And, you know, uh, from the, from the school board to the president, every election matters. Yep. Uh, well, man, I mean, we could make it a short one. I, uh, I don't have much else other than, uh, just kind of keeping an eye on what's going on. Um, staying, you know, COVID free, keep masking up, you know, mm-hmm. get tested if you think you've been exposed, stay inside quarantine and uh, try to get exercise where you can. If you're outdoors, try to stay away from big crowds. Mm-hmm. And uh, and hopefully we uh, one day you're listening to this podcast and it's crazy that we're still talking about COVID because 2023, it was like a golden year. <laughs> Thousands <laughs> of people hanging out everywhere. No one cared. No, who knows, man? uh Chaz, as always uh it's it's been good um i'll let them know how they can get a hold of me they can get a hold of me seats <laughs> town mayor that's s-e-a-t-o-w-n-m-a-y-o-r on the twitter sphere i tweet about once every two months uh follow that if you will also uh hit up the email uh h-y-l-v-o-x at gmail.com that's the official email for how you live in uh Chaz, how can they get a hold of you man That's right, you can find your social justice cleric
1: on the Twitters, the Instagrams, and the TikToks at Chaz underscore Baz. One Z in the Chaz, two Zs in the Baz. Uh, I've been posting a little bit more on TikTok, just silly stuff. Like I talked about the Mr. Potato Head thing or the Potato Head thing, which ultimately, yeah. yeah, ultimately you can watch it, but ultimately it's like, oh, cool. Now instead of having two Potato Head sets, you can have four, but it also gives the ability kids to show Talk about their gender identity to their parents in a way that they might understand. So, you know, it's capitalism,
0: but it could be work out. There you go. Uh Potato heads. Uh, I mean, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the toy was lame. So it's <laughs> like, okay. Like, like I'm glad they're progressive now, but it's still kind of a lame toy. So get, get at your potato heads if you want, I guess. It's kind of a weird toy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I liked old school. I just poked things in real potatoes. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't do I that. mean,
1: that's what it was in the nineteen fifties, dead ass. Like right. they just sold you yeah. the parts.
0: They're like, get a potato from the store. Yeah. And it's a man, for sure. It's a mister. <laughs> All potatoes are males. It's, even though it's potatoes are hermaphrodites.
1: But anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Too much. <sighs> oh, man. You guys. And so could just put, you know, Potato Head in the subject line. If you need to email us about um, your opinions of the Potato Head saga. And when is that on Netflix? I will watch the Potato Head saga. It's. I hope it's two seasons of 12 episodes. And it's just, just on the potato head. It'll be good. Uh, Chaz, as always, man, it's been great. Uh, stay fresh. Uh, maybe one day we, we can be in the same room, man. I mean, I think um, as soon, cause
1: I guess as a little on this side, I think for my group, the, uh, the obese uh, and well, I guess the you can use uh, cannabis smoking as smoking then I'll count it um, then i should be able to get uh my shots in april um okay yeah yeah, yeah so next month yeah that's when it seems like washington we'll do it live
0: is- it'll be our 103rd episode is going to be- Me getting my like second shot, like live from him getting his shot. Yeah. Oh my god!
1: I'll have to like record a segment. Take my recorder with me. Like yeah. Hi, this is Chaz getting his first. Like I'm not trying to get the uh, the Zeneca shot though. Um, it's either Pfizer or Moderna. Like I want one of those.
0: Okay. The OG. The OG. The OG. I want that
1: mRNA shit, dog. want that mRNA shit. Change my DNA. <laughs> Turn me into that turtle. Wait, what?
0: I want to become what? a mutate. Yeah. <laughs> no, What's that? Uh, everybody, COVID came from a lab. No, okay, so, 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 so. Okay. Uh, jazz, man, uh, I guess I won't say any more wild shit. It's It's been fun, man. Episode 102. Uh, I'll see you after the pod uh we out peace stay safe stay healthy
1: What's up, niggas is sober ready to drill (laughs) no i don't have to but if i had to fuck it i will will. and all of them niggas you see me with then, you see me with (laughs) still the queen of my city i am a big deal it's red life for life but i fuck with the rips still black on my hips still okay but when they come to this rat shit i let my pen spill Mm -hmm. they know i've been ill Mm -hmm.